Good morning and welcome to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner, talking all things Canterbury, brought to you by Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. It's a busy old hour. Coming shortly, we talk basketball with Judd Flavel. You'll hear from the uh, Trident Homes Tactics coach, Marion Delaney Hoshek. We'll talk rugby league as well, amongst other things. But let's talk Sells NBL. And on the line right now, I have Judd Flavel, the the coach of the Canterbury Rams. And Judd, the last time we talked, uh, you said the most important thing was you'd had a full preseason. Well, it seems to have paid off. You're six and one. Does it feel like that? Yes. Good morning, Stephen. Um, yes. Look, I, I think it goes a long way to to starting off the season on, on the right foot, and um, it's certainly, I think, been the difference maker between our team this this season and, and uh, when I arrived in week two of the actual season last year. So, yep, no, I think that's um, certainly the case. So if you look at this particular point of the season, uh, we're closing on the halfway point. Uh, what is your summation of the Rams to this point now? Uh, look, I, I think um, we have a good group and in, in, uh, young young locals that we've um, you know, worked with and, and uh, guys that really know their role and, and guys that are, uh, you know, working hard. And, and I guess that's a bit of a reflection of the, the region as well. Um, it's what the Cantabrians are probably known for. Um, and we feel like we're, we're out there playing uh, with that style of, uh, in mind and, and representing those people. Uh, and we've picked up, I guess, some new recruits that we've really, I guess, tried to fill the gaps in. And um, obviously, you know, we've had uh, three imports, uh, Americans new to the league and, and also young. So still came down here with plenty to prove and, and to work on. And I, mean, I guess that's the environment that we wanted to build is making sure that people are coming down here and getting better. Uh, and winning ball games is, you know, obviously the the end goal, but um, still trying to get people uh, onto bigger and better things as well. Um, and I guess we can talk about Ty, Ty Winnett as well, a new recruit down here who um, who is off to China or in China um, and uh, of course um, you know making a lot of money there and uh, so that's going to be a big shoes to fill but um, you know, we're still confident that we've got a good team basketball team. Yeah I was going to get to that because he leaves a rather large hole he's sort of as your leading point scorer but he most importantly in the paint he's a big and when you've got Rob Lowe coming to town tonight uh, it sort of opens the door somewhat so how do you how do you combat that? Yeah, look, I mean, Rob Rob is a very good player. Uh, firstly, I think that is um, even with Ty there, you know, that would have been a, a fun matchup to see. But um, you know, Ty, uh, Rob is a very good player, as, as we all know. Look, we're, we're going to try and do it collectively as a group. And I mean, Rob is a very good player that, um, but you can't. You know, sleep on the other guys. I mean, Jared Weeks is, is their leading mm-hmm. scorer. They had the four of them between Ruben Tarangi and Cameron Glidden as well. I mean, all four of them, they, they pretty much score 80 points between the four of them. So <laughs> it's kind of a <laughs> the quartet is very experienced, very polished, uh, very smart as well. So you, you have to you have to keep all four of them in, in, in check in some ways. And you're not going to stop them, of course. Um, they're too good for that. But hopefully we can make it pretty tough. Um, for them and, and for Rob. Um, Gee, we not, do you're have, not conceding early, are you? You're saying you can't stop them. Come on. Oh, well, look, I mean, it's basketball, right? People are still going to score. It's not going to be 0-0. It's not a, it's not a <laughs> football here. It's, 
um, so we have, um, you know, Tom Webley, who's just arrived back from the States from his college career as well. So, you know, he's just arrived a couple of days ago. So we'll see what he can get through. But uh, looking forward to putting him out on the court as well, another local Ken- Cantabrian and um, born and raised here. So, yeah, look, looking great opportunities for our young guys to, to really get this experience. What does Webley bring to the court? Well, just the size. I think the size factor is good. You know, he's 6'10". He's big. Uh, moves pretty well for a big as well. Has good touch around the basket. A uh, good hard worker. And, yeah, like I think that, um, you know, he's he's really got a, a good shot of having a future in the game. And, um, yeah, he's just a great kid as well. So, no, looking forward to having him join our team. Do you match up Walter Brown on uh, Ruben Tarangi? Yeah, it's uh, something that will. You know, Walter Walter probably gets the matchups on everybody. Um, <laughs> he he just his role is just you know go and go and stop that guy, you know. And uh, if somebody else is hurting us, then you know Walter probably gets the assignment on on them as well. So look, he'll get a mixture of probably Ruben and um, and Jared Weeks. Um, you know, he we've been throwing him onto some point guards of late, and uh, just like his size, his length and size on. on um, on the on the smaller guards as well, so you know that's uh, it's probably I guess with Walter, it's kind of going to be his job for you know majority of his career is going to be you know go go and shut down that that opponent and uh, make his life tough and um, you know something that he's been known for and, and something that he does very well. So because you don't have Taiwan yet and you haven't replaced the big, do you look to more of a sort of a quick transition game to try and unsettle the Tuatara tonight? Um, I think we'll just say, like, Ty was very good in transition too. And, and I guess the thing that when you have a good rebounder is that the rest of you can start, um, you know, start getting out of the blocks a little earlier. Yeah. Now, I think I, this is more going to be about rebounding. We just got to do whatever it takes to, to basically make sure that we secure the ball first. Um, when we do have the ball, yep, get out and run. Um, but I, I don't see us getting any quicker. Okay. You know, make do some different things as far as like Ty was a great inside presence on the floor offensively. You know, maybe we have to be a little bit more perimeter orientated. Um, see if we can, you know, stretch the stretch of the Tara defense out and nice and wide and, and then see if we can open up some gaps from there. Look, did you know the Ty Winyard contract was coming up? Because it's, you sound just a little bit rattled, Judd. I sound a little bit rattled. Uh, no, look, I mean... We we've known about this from the from the start of the season. Once he got back from three on three international duties, um, so you know we've been working on this with Ty, I okay. guess, for a while, and it's um, something that uh, you know, like you want you want these opportunities for you for your players, and so obviously it leaves a hole. And and I guess the, the headache was the next headache was okay. How do we fill that? Uh, we're still yeah, we, we're still looking. It's um, you know not as not as easy as what we probably thought it would be or uh, it's proven to be quite difficult actually so we want to make sure we grab the right guy and not just settle for the first person that comes along I, I was noticing that on the Sal's NBL website there was talk that maybe you'd you'd have a crack at Yanni Wetzel who's coming back from uh, Germany have you had a crack? Yeah look, I've been talking to Yanni you know keep in contact with a lot of these guys um, a lot of these boys that you sent you know, kind of time with over the years, and, and Yanni was probably the first person I, I, I spoke to. Um, so you know, he's 
I guess just coming off the European season, want some time off before um, before leading into the international season. So, yeah, now unfortunately tried that one, but uh, yeah, it wasn't successful. <laughs> so, so where do you go? Do you do you go into the college system? Do you go into the, to the G League situation? Where do you go? Oh, look, everything. I think you turn over every stone. Like you try to find, I guess, the qualities that we're trying to look for is a, is a mobile big, um, someone that. You know, blue collar works very hard, and so we've been looking at people from college, uh, international. You know, Americans are playing abroad, uh, not just Americans either. But um, yeah, we've probably looked at. We've got a list of probably close to a couple of hundred names that we've kind of between the, our recruiting team just um, looking through. And you know, when we sort of find somebody that we like for whatever reason, it, they've been. Uh, either have a change of heart or they they want to have a rest or, or, or break in the off-season. So, yeah, it just hasn't sort of fallen into place yet, but there are, there are more and more players coming in every day. we just got to make sure we get, like I said, you know, the character as well as the, the skill set on court is important. It's really interesting, Judd, with the heightened exposure of the Sales NBL on ESPN, I would have thought the job may have been made a little bit easier for you. Oh, look, I mean, that's, I think for a lot of people... Um, New Zealand is, and even talking to eight with agents, and, and they still, a, I mean, there's a little bit of unknown uh, about the New Zealand NBL, and um, that that uh, it's becoming less and less. I mean, like I think it's doing the mm. New Zealand NBL profile is becoming, you know, it's, it's getting better and better every year, uh, doing a fantastic job. So that's going to only grow. Um, but for right now, you do run into some of those. You know some of those questions that they have on it, but um, look, I'm confident that we'll find somebody. Um, you know, there's there's too many names out there, and not too, but uh, yeah, we just got to make sure we get the right person. Mate, is the biggest stumbling about money, if particularly if you're going offshore, is because you know it's not a, it's not a lucrative league. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I would say so. Like you know, when they're coming off European season or playing in Asia, which is where all the money is. Um, and then you're talking to trying to convince them to come down to this little place, in New Zealand or in the South Island, and um, you know play for, I guess something that, that they would probably make in, in a week or two um, for the rest of the season. So, yeah, it does. At the end of the day, money does talk, of course, uh, especially when these guys do it for a living and that's their livelihood, um, and they can go and get jobs in Europe or in Asia or three, four, or five times as much. Um, so it does play a role. Um, but I think it also, New Zealand's more of a destination of playing in a, in a great league, very competitive league, um, good building profile, and, and being looked after. And, and um, I guess that goes a long way. So they're just having a, a good uh, stability and, and something that, I guess, stability in, in Europe, the European or Asian market Sometimes that can be uh, overlooked. So, so when you look at your record now, six and one, and and you lose uh, two two got big guys, right? And then you look ahead. You got uh, tonight, and then you got Taranaki, Wellington, Hawks by Nelson, and then Otago back to back. How important is this early season record? And do you look now at at holding position? Yeah, look, it was so important. I think while we had tie, that we had a great start. Um, and, and put ourselves in a good position, and we've done that. And in, in the meantime, I, I think um, you know we've, we've got some good momentum and rhythm, um, which is important, um, as, as we all know in, in sports. Keeping momentum is is, uh, is huge. So, 
look, yeah, this this next phase is kind of a new phase for us, I guess. You know, in, in some ways, it's a uh, with some moving pieces and um, you know bringing in a new import, bringing in Tom Webley, losing a couple of players. Um, we've established an identity, but uh, some of this will be. I guess forging a little bit of new connections with with uh, with players, and you know you can you got five players on the court, so it, it all basketball is a game of chemistry. You know how well they work together, so that that's going to be unfocused for for this little phase here, and, and you know hopefully we can keep battling our way through, and and um, you know just just continue to put ourselves into um, good positions, and I'm sure that we will do that. You know we've got a lot of good players that are still playing here and playing well. Nice work, Judd. Best of luck against the 4-3 and three Tour Tata tonight, 5 o'clock at Carl Stadium. Thank you very much. Yeah, appreciate it, mate. Uh, that is Judd Flavel, coach of the Canterbury Rams. Uh, big big night in Canterbury. And don't forget, coming in just a moment on the Canterbury uh, Sports Corner, brought to you by Enterprise, we talked to the coach of the Trident Home Tactics, and that is uh, Marianne Delaney-Hoshek. Of course, Trident Homes, proud supporters of the Trident Home Tactics. Check out our modern home plans at tridenthomes.nz. You're listening to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner and tonight it's the final regular season round of the ANZ Premiership and it's all to play for with two games this round for the Trident Homes Tactics. Their coach is Marion Delaney-Hoshek. Morning. Good morning. Hey, um, it's on this weekend. It's on like Donkey Kong for the Trident Homes Tactics. <laughs> uh, if you hadn't had that three-game sort of losing streak, it might have been a different story. What gives? I know. It was a bit of a shame. We um, just obviously sitting in a really good spot. Um, I think we'd already won seven games. And then 24 hours before that double header, obviously Jane is ruled out, which um, obviously a massive game player. So that wasn't ideal. Um, and then, yeah, so we went through those two games and didn't get a point out of that. And then probably needed to win the next one as well. So it was like a mad two weeks. Um, and obviously week to week with Jane as well, so um, bit of an impact um, right at a crucial point in time. But um, for us, we had to work together carefully with her because we obviously want her in the third and at that World Cup as well. So yeah, a bit of a bummer, but um, yeah, Is we've it, actually and yeah. Do you think it's a little dangerous having that one solid player that so much revolves around? that you sort of struggle when they're not there? Yeah, I think, um, well, we actually had a really good game. I think we adapted well by the time we got to that Pulse game because um, we, we were going goal for, goal for goal. So it's not that it revolves around. I guess it's just there are certain players in a team, if you take them out for any reason, like I suppose Grace last year, for example, um, and, you know, there's just crucial people in a team that do... Um, bring a lot to the game, and um, if you take them out, it does make a bit of an impact. There is there is plenty in the defensive end for the Silver Ferns. Uh, are you adamant that Jane Watson should go to the World Cup? Absolutely, yep, absolutely, and that's why we have to be you know mindful of that with our stuff as well. What what is it that she brings to your team? Um, she, <laughs> if you've ever watched any of our games, you'll see her up at the line directing uh, the traffic. So. Even though she's not our captain this year because she's obviously had baby Tia, she still is a captain on court. So she's a real leader. So she, um, she's a real organizer out there. So um, that's what we have to try and find when she's not on is that kind of ability on court. 
Kimura Poi, huge uh, last week against the Magic. Again, defence. Have you based so much of your game around defence? It's the old cliche, right, Marion? Defence wins championships. Absolutely. So, yeah, and having her in that wing attack position, it means we get ball further up the court. So, obviously, she brings into that position um, the ability to get ball. So, I would agree with you 100% there. Uh, the Pulse, you've got to win again. You've had a win against the Pulse, but they are, you know, they are league leaders. They they are the, the team to beat. How how do you break them down tonight? Yeah, so um, we did actually have quite a... We've had two good games against them. They got us sort of in the last five minutes of that second game. Um, but in terms of defence, um, they've got some... They run some structures that are quite similar, so you have to try and get them out of their structures that they like to run. Um, attack, they're really physical um, defenders. It's that one-on-one grind. So it's a matter of just keeping composed. And, um, yeah, we've been working on a few things that we think will work quite well against their defence this week as well. Oh, so you're playing secret squirrel on this one, are you? Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't tell you exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> well, at least, you, at least you're doing it with a, sm- a smile on your face. Uh, you've, you've, exactly. you've got a double header this weekend, so you, you want points from, from both games. Before we talk about uh, the Mystics match, there's real talk that this is it's a, it's a, a 12-round season, but it's been such a physical season. Do you see it like that, and what toll has it taken on your players? Yeah, it has been. Um, I think it's been physical, and I think it's just because it's been so even across the board. We all said that at the, the beginning of the season that looking across the teams, it's really well balanced, and essentially that's what's happened. Obviously, aside from the steel, but um, I think when you get that close competition, you get a bit more body on the line type stuff. So I think that, and obviously everyone's getting fitter and stronger. So I, I, I do think we have got a little bit more physicality. I think. And, you know, when you're playing against a team like the Pulse that do that hard man-to-man, there's generally a bit of body on the floor. It's just their style. And um, so you can always expect that. How do you keep your players on point for these 12 weeks? Yeah, well, every week we do a different sort of mindset to kind of refresh because it is a long time. And at the end of every um, sort of five um, games, we have a bit of a review and a refresh and then we go again because it is. And essentially, we've been together since uh, November, I think, last year, which is a long, long time. Um, you know, and we've just got to try and keep it as fresh as possible. And, you know, especially things like reviews and things, you try and, although keep the process the same, you know, try and move things along a bit. Yeah, I was going to suggest you don't use Kaizen every week. Try and, try and do a different sort of uh, uh, visualisation of something, do you? Yeah, just a, a different sort of focus for each week, just of where we're at at that moment and, and what we need to do to get that win. So, okay, so what's the focus this week? Can you allow me to ask that question? What is the focus to reset your players for what is probably the most critical weekend of the season for the Trident Home Tactics? Um, so, because well, last week we were about building, because we are about building runs and building, because we're the, the game before, even though we lost against the Stars, there was some really good stuff, particularly at our attacking. So we wanted to keep building on that. And we want to continue that too. And, and, and building runs, so it means like after you get a turnover, you score it, and then you score that next centre pass off because that's what gets you sort of ahead on the scoreboard. So we'll keep that sort of focus. But it's just for me, it's staying in the fight. You know, this yep. week, staying in the fight because 
you know, it will be, um, you know, there'll probably be about 3,000 people at the game tonight, you know, big stadium, and and it's making sure we stay in the fight and don't back down. As a coach sitting on, on the sideline, when do you know that your team is on and you can sense the rhythm? Yeah, I think usually the first quarter, it's sort of, you don't necessarily get the rhythm because it's sort of, the first quarter can sort of go back and forth a little bit, I guess, as the players' nerves happen, um, that sort of thing. Um, I, I think you sort of get it more into that second quarter. You sort of can sense where it is. But, you know, sometimes you can change elements so the rhythm changes or you can, if you put out something defensively, it might slow them down or speed them up. So you can have an impact on others' rhythm and obviously with putting on a sub here and there to stop runs and things like that. So, um, But you sort of, I reckon you can sort of tell when you're on. Like you can look at your players and you know, like last week everyone was on um, on song. So that's what you want. Um, we've had sort of elements this year where, you know, defence is going really well, but our attack's not going as well and vice versa. So it's just about getting everyone at the same time um, and getting that consistency, and I think that's what we all strive for is that consistency um, as coaches. Talk to me about how good uh, Alia Dunn's season's going. Yeah, well, obviously another a new player, and we've had um, – it's taken a while to get those connections to how to feed her and those sorts of things. We've done a, a lot of work around that, but I think it's definitely – it's so improved from where it was. Um, but, you know, to have a player who can just – put in <laughs> she's had a couple of 100% games and 90 something so it's just to have an anchor like that in your team it's it's priceless really and obviously to Pyre as well between them I think last week they missed one shot each in the game and that's what it's been like for games it's just you know about us presenting them with quality ball and and that sort of thing so We've got no issues with the scoring of it. It's just making sure that we get it there safely. And they'll have to be on point, particularly on Monday's game against the Mystics when you've got Grace and Wicky that's shooting the lights out. Yeah, that's right. So against um, the Mystics, because you know that their um, scoring rate's going to be high because obviously with Grace there, it's a bit of a weapon. You have to, it's, Your attack has to be on point as well. So it's about scoring everything that you can. Um, against the Mystics. You know, Marion, I'm, I'm intrigued. We always talk about the players, but we sometimes forget how, how the coaches handle a season. Uh, the support that you get from Julie Seymour, how important is that to make your life easier as a, as a coaching team? Yeah, um, Julie's amazing. Like, I've, I've worked with her for a number of years, um, and she, amazing values, amazing person, and she brings that every time she comes into the team. And as a support to me, like, she's always been there. Um, unfortunately, her sister actually passed away about three weeks ago, so that's been really yeah. big for her. Yeah. So it's been more about us putting the support around her, actually. Um, but in terms of an assistant coach, you couldn't get better than but, Jules. Yeah. But you probably have huge empathy, and I, I hope you don't mind me bringing this up. You lost your dad last year, right? And, yes. and that you sort of it was a lovely story I read about you don't get the call anymore does it still resonate after every game you're just waiting for that call absolutely oh god it gets me a bit teary thinking oh, about I'm it oh I'm sorry I didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want to upset <laughs> you but, but, but when you talked about Julie losing her sister you know, I thought well uh, it, it must be moments like this that you cherish those moments you have 
Absolutely. Yeah, he was massive. And even uh, prior, one of his best friends was Fergie McCormick. And yeah. so I actually I actually used to get the double whammy. I used to get <laughs> um, a call from – because uh, Fergie was a great mentor of mine as well. Um, and, I yeah, I used to be lucky enough to get the double. And I can tell you there wasn't much right in the game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but that but that's a good thing, right? Because we we sometimes think at a professional level we're always doing the right thing, and you need someone to say, uh, "Open your eyes and take a breath and have a closer look." Absolutely, and if, if you can imagine, Fergie was amazing at that. <laughs> uh, it, it is it is all on for the Trident Home Tactics tonight. You've got the Pulse uh, at seven fifteen at TSB Arena. Then you've got the Mystics, and I. Uh, it's going to be a tough one, man. It's going to be a tough one. But uh, as they say, destiny is in your hands. Absolutely, and we'll be doing everything we can to get it. Marianne Delaney Hoshik, the best of luck tonight. Thank you very much. This is the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner, and it's time to talk local sport. I mean local sport, grassroots sport, brought to you by Trident Homes, proud supporters of the Trident Home Tactics. Check out their modern home plans at tridenthomes.nz. And it's another weekend of rugby league in Canterbury, and the man, the only guy to go to is Will Evans. Morning to you, Will. Morning, Stephen. How are you? Yeah, mate, I'm good. I'm good. I mean, I just love I love talking footy. We're going to talk the NRL and maybe even a bit of our origin a little bit later on. But let's just focus, first of all, on the Mercedes Cup, the Premiership. Uh, big game today, unbeaten Linwood against Hullsville. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Linwood looking unbeatable at the moment, 44-10. They beat the Bulldogs last weekend to go 7-0. and They've lost several um, experienced players from that Premiership winning team last year, but uh, yeah, look a cut above at the moment, uh, steaming towards that minor premiership top spot on the Mazzetti Cup ladder. Uh, big game for Horsball to, to prove a bit of a point. They're third on the ladder, uh, Eastern breathing down their neck, and uh, Horsball sort of looking to prove that they're worthy of uh, of making a grand final for the first time since 2014. They've had a couple of really tight losses to uh to Hornby already this year, the um, the perennial grand finalist. So, um, yeah, big big chance to make a statement for Horsville here. Well, where did all those players from Linwood go? Um, I think uh, probably some some overdue retirement. Some guys that have been you know thinking about hanging up the boots for a while and and have uh, and finally did it after uh, reclaiming the premiership last year. Uh, but yeah, again, they, they've got a great production line down there and and some guys that uh, coming up from their. Uh, Canterbury Cup winning team, the reserve grade uh, team, have, have really stepped up and, and look very much at home in premier grade. Northern, uh, uh, Battle of the Compass today, Northern Eastern? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so out there at uh, at Wanoni Park, uh, uh, down there in, in Arunui. So, um, yeah, Eastern are, are looking really good. They had a, a great upset over uh, over Hornby out at Leesley Park and, and on their club day, actually. So, um so, yeah, a, a big chance for Easton to sort of stamp their spot in the top four. There's a bit of a break there between the top four and the bottom two. Um, Easton would expect to come away with a fairly comfortable uh, win over the Bulldogs, who are struggling for, for results, winless since round one. Um, yeah, so, so Easton, big favourites there. They won't want to let this opportunity slip. They could actually overtake uh, Horsville by the end of the by the end of the afternoon. Now, Will, I need a little bit of an education because I haven't heard of, and excuse my ignorance, Northern and Eastern. Are they are they amalgamations of clubs? Uh, no, so Eastern is, uh, they 
changed back uh, to, to the name Eastern. They, they were Aranui Eagles uh, when they returned uh, to the Premiership uh, uh, some time ago. Uh, Northern Bulldogs used to be known as Kaipoi, uh, Kaipoi Bulldogs. But in, uh, from I think they, they entered the Premiership in uh, the late 70s. So, yeah, Northern Bulldogs just sort of representing that uh, northern part of, of the city. Okay. Um, but, yeah, based, based in Kaipoi, a, a suburb, um, just north of the Mountain Makariri there. Oh, see, I, I like the old school names, right? Northern Eastern sounds a bit too twee, but hey, it is what it is. It is what it is. Now, it, it sounds to me like the ISC Canterbury Cup, the reserve grade, is really humming at the moment. Yeah, it is. It's been um, a, bit, a bit of a highlight this year. Uh, 11 teams in this competition. Obviously, post COVID, there's um, a few teams sort of dropping out, coming back in. Uh, we lost our Division 1, which is the third grade down here. That's going to be reinstated halfway through the season um, in four weeks' time, actually. So there's four rounds to go. The bottom five will, uh, bottom, yeah, bottom five will drop out to uh, Division 1. The top six will continue in the Canterbury Cup and obviously with the um, promotion relegation uh, coming into into the equation this year, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot at stake. Um, this weekend, we've got Ashburton Barbarians uh, hosting Greymouth Greyhounds, who are still unbeaten. Uh, top of the table clash um, with the minor premier in this, this grade going into a promotion relegation game against the bottom place um, Premiership team, um, there's a lot at stake in this one to, to make a bit of a break on the competition. And on, at the other end of the scale, there's teams fighting to stay in that top six. The other key game this weekend is Papua Nui Tigers uh, up against Hornby Panthers, who are just sitting below that um, below that top six cusp. So, yeah, a big opportunity for Papua Nui to really cement their place in the top four. But uh, Hornby have been playing well in that division and are um, yeah, looking to, to stay in touch. Hang on a minute. Well, I thought Papua New were a premiership team. Uh, they have been, obviously, one of the most famous clubs down here. Very successful. A lot of uh, premierships to their name. Um, been going through a, a bit of a tough rebuilding phase over the past few years and uh, and made the decision to drop down. Um, and to, after Celebration Lions pulled out of the premiership, um, ah. there was going to be a, a grading round um for one team to also drop down uh, to Canterbury Cup and Papua Nui made that decision for the good of the club and, and uh, for the sake of their rebuild to uh, to drop down and um, and just regroup a bit in that lower division. They're obviously a big chance of, of winning promotion into the 2024 Premiership um, right in the mix there to win that uh, to top the table still, but um, yeah, a, a tough decision for the Tigers, but I think a, um, a smart one for their future. So, so dropping down was was it a fiscal decision uh, to try and uh, get better numbers to the club? Uh, I think it was more to um, to develop their players. They've got a young squad. Uh, they were. Uh, getting some fairly big beatings last year on a, on a weekly basis last year in the Premiership, uh, just coming down a division, still high quality level of football, but uh, just you know being able to hone their hone their skills and and um, and some combinations uh, against sort of teams that are more at their level, um, much easier than when you're getting beaten by sixty odd uh, each week. So I think that was uh, yeah. behind part of it, and and yeah, I think. Uh, 
I think it's been a success so far. We'll see how they go for the rest of the season. And, yeah, I guess the, the end aim is to have eight teams in the Premiership again and, and certainly uh, Tigers' presence in the Premiership. Well, I've been fortunate to start calling some Auckland Rugby League women's Premiership games, and I, I think the standard is pretty damn strong. There, there, there is some wonderful rugby league being played. What's it like in Canterbury at the moment, and, and where does the Premiership stand at the moment? Uh, yes, so it's, it's a five-team competition down here. Obviously, um, it's a great area of growth, and um, and after COVID, there was a bit of a rebuild again, I guess, for, for numbers. Um, always looking for more players down here, but we've got a, a tight little five-club uh, competition down here, Linwood, Sydenham, Wolston, Eastern, and Burnham. Uh, two, well, Linwood dominating that competition this year, uh, the defending champs. They, they actually had a really uh, close grand final win over Sydenham last year, the two-time defending premiers. Uh, but Linwood out in front this year, uh, played 4-1-4 with a fairly healthy points difference as well. Um, the, re- the rest of the, the clubs are sort of chasing them, I guess you'd say. Uh, Sydenham and Wolston are really even this year and they're sort of uh, fighting it out, I think, to to be that other grand final team by the looks of things at the moment. Uh, amazing weekend last Sunday, actually. All our uh, women's games are played on Sundays, and there was uh, two 28-all draws. So Sydney and Boston uh, shared the points, and um, Easton and Burnham um, by the same score. So, yeah, quite a remarkable co- coincidence. What's the support like for women's, women's league in Canterbury? Uh, look, I think it's um, because they're aligned with... Uh, with the clubs that have, yeah. um, you know, Premier and, and Canterbury Cup teams, uh, there is just that really good club support yeah. and uh, and playing on the Sundays as well. I think because um, what a difference and uh, it, you know, growing all the time. It's, it can there's a lot of work for Canterbury Rugby League to, to do down here in that space, and um, there's a little bit of a gulf there with um, with sort of filling up. Um, girls' uh, grades to, you know, yeah, so that yeah. they've got that con- continuous football all the way through to, to premier grade, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I think it's um, an area of development that's heading in the right direction. Well, we always talk about premiers, reserves, women's rugby league, but where's junior rugby league in Canterbury at the moment? Uh, look, it's really strong at the moment. Uh, great. Great numbers, great participation, and um, just a really strong community around it, um, and great support as well from from some local companies and organisations. Uh, Whitehead Plumbing's a great sponsor of our junior Saturday competitions, um, so right through from nursery to your uh, sort of 12, 12 years grades, um, and then we've got a youth night competition or several uh, that run during the week on Monday and Wednesday nights and that's your 14s uh, up to your 18s in the uh, boys and girls grades so uh, yeah plenty of great numbers uh, good growth and obviously that's uh, these are the kids that we want to keep in the game and, and playing in our um, in our in our senior competitions eventually and obviously giving them that, those sort of pathways to get through to the elite level for our uh, for the best young players. How important do you think is it playing midweek at nights under lights makes a difference to the growth of junior league? Um, look, it's hard to say. Obviously, that's been driven by Canterbury Rugby League and in, in consultation with the clubs, and it's been um, really well received. Obviously, uh, you know, kids have got a lot of options for for winter sports, and this sort of allows them to um, 
to play multiple sports and um, yeah, so there's just really good support for um, for our night competitions and really great facilities as well, getting to play, particularly at Napunawai um, under lights. All right, so that section of this chat is our uh, local sports update brought to you by Trident Homes, designed for living, built for life. Now let's talk something we both love, the NRL, and it, it, it keeps rolling on. Uh, on Thursday night, the Broncos beaten up. Well, not beaten up, actually, Will. Uh, just beaten by a very disciplined Panthers side. But they're the next opponent for the Warriors because the Warriors have got the bye this weekend and they face the Broncos in Napier on the 27th. I like the Broncos. I still think they are a hell of a threat. I think the Warriors are going to be very wary. Yeah, obviously, uh, they'll be a tough test for the Warriors, but uh, the, the key, I guess, element of it is um, is state of origin. So the Broncos will come over here without their origin players uh, for game one. That's definitely going to be Patrick Carrigan and Salmon Cobbo, possibly Reese Walsh, um, definitely Payne Haas, which is obviously a massive, uh, massive out for the Broncos. Um, and Katoni Staggs, does he, does he play? Uh, he's, he's probably on the fringes, but I think there's a bit too much competition by the looks of it uh, in the outside backs for, for New South Wales. If it's, uh, Latrell's got one centre spot locked up, maybe Campbell Graham um, and the other one, if they go, and, and Tom Trebojevic still in the mix as well. So Katoni uh, might just be outside that one and be good for the God. Warriors not to have to face him, but... Um, yeah, well, they'll definitely have a few out. Um, maybe not as many as, as they potentially could, though. But they need it. They need it. They need another. Just keep putting those Ws on the board, don't they? The Warriors have, you know, they've, they came off that win against Canterbury, which hurt me because I'm a Canterbury man, so I was a little bit gutted. But what, we, what are you seeing that you're beginning to like even more? You know, coming off the back of some losses. Uh, I, I think the really encouraging factor of that, and there was a lot of changes as well, a lot of new uh, combinations against the Bulldogs. They didn't. The attack was pretty uh, stunted, I thought. Obviously, yeah. some um, some beautiful kicking from Sean Johnson, and then just that nice little play from uh, from Tor- uh, from Dylan Walker to Adam Fanua Blake uh, got them enough points to get over the line. But they defended really well, and it was a game they should have won, and they did fairly comfortably. I think that was a really encouraging thing just on the back of that really torturous um, 11-day period where they played three of the best teams in the competition, uh, lost in, I thought, pretty brave circumstances, but also very tough games. So to bounce back straight out of that uh, trio of games to beat the Bulldogs uh, fairly well in Sydney, I thought was really encouraging. Going into the bye, it was a huge result. Um, It's a four-point game, right? Four-point game, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, a big swing and um, and huge to just get back in the top eight ahead of the bye um, and get a, a winning record again. If you were Sean Johnson, would you consider taking a two-year deal with the Tigers to finish your career out? Oh, look, I really hope he doesn't. I, I think there's a huge <laughs> opportunity to do, to do something pretty special here. Um, you know, I think just, you know, uh, for his legacy to finish as a warrior – whether you know they go on to make a couple of finals or even a grand final, just to finish as a warrior would be great for Sean's legacy. Surely the Warriors will um, put up a fair deal for him, even if it is year to year. Um, he may want that security and a, and a big payday uh, to, to finish off, but I can't see him leaving Auckland. Just seems so much happier here. It's showing in his football, uh, very tough place to go and play at West Tigers. Uh, you know, 
the sort of rebuild phase there and the Warriors are absolutely flying. He's a huge part of that and he's playing unbelievably consistent footy. I just don't know why. Uh, I just can't see him sort of turning his back on that and I really think they're actually a smoky uh, to win the comp next year if, if he sticks around. So, <laughs> so next year's so, their uh, year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think they can do so. I think, um, you know, week two or even a prelim is actually, is, isn't that out of the question in such an even competition yeah. this year, uh, particularly with guys like Sean Foreign. But yeah, I'd love to see him stick around and really... Uh, for the Warriors to really give it a nudge next year in particular. Hey, uh, Josh Papali'i retired from Origin this week. Uh, who goes into that spot? Who do you like? Reuben Cotter? Uh, yeah, I think Reuben Cotter probably uh, retains a spot in the squad. Obviously, they've got uh, Christian Welch coming coming back in uh, after missing all of last year. He's, uh, he's probably the favourite to start at prop with, uh, with Big Tino from the Gold Coast. Um, you know, Patrick Carrigan will slot into that number 13, uh, Lindsay Collins from the Brewsters. So they've, they've got uh, more than enough middle forward experience and, and class there. It is a, it's a big uh, blow for the Maroons. So, um, he's only missed one game, uh, since the start of the 2017 series. They haven't actually won an Origin game since the 2015, um, series opener without him in the team. So he's, he's really been a mainstay, probably a bit underrated, even though he is. Obviously, a very highly regarded front rower, but he has been a huge part of um, the success Queensland has had over the past sort of eight years or so. Are you? Are you sound like a maroon supporter? Um, yeah, I'm actually Queensland born and uh, very passionate <laughs> maroon supporter. Uh, there we go. Yep. Now he outs himself. <laughs> Wally Lewis's uh, last series was was my first as a supporter as a as a nine year old. So yeah, very. Very passionate about Origin and, and the Maroons, but um, yeah, looking forward to a big series. Obviously, New South Wales look better on paper every year, but Queensland showed that uh, that it's, you know that Queensland spirit just evens things up and a huge series for the Blues under a lot of pressure. I think always nice to talk to you. Well, thanks for the update on uh, local rugby league and our, our general chat about footy that we love. The great game. Have a great weekend. You too. My pleasure, mate. Thanks very much. You have been listening to the Canterbury Sports Corner on May 20, 2023. And I just want to thank my guests, uh, Canterbury Rams coach Judd Flavel, uh, Trident Tactics coach uh, Marianne Delaney-Hoshek, and the man who just loves the great game of rugby league, uh, Will Evans from Canterbury Rugby League. Just a reminder, tonight the Rams play the Tuatata from Auckland in the Sells NBL. That's at 5pm at Cal Stadium. And wherever you are around the Canterbury region, get out and support your local teams. Be nice on the sideline and we'll see you next week for the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Show brought to you by Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years.